Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. The Hurricanes fall in overtime to one to the Chicago Blackhawks. Don't be sad. Canes took two or three from Chicago, got a point in the other one, so the point streak continues. Now 13 in a row with a point. According to the Hurricanes, that is a uh, that ties a franchise record. I actually thought the franchise record was 12 straight set back in 2005-2006, but I'm apparently incorrect. I will have to go and do more research on that and get you the exact dates when the Hurricanes went 13 consecutive games with a point. Heck, for all we know, it happened uh, two years ago. Uh, so I'll go check that out. 9-0-4 in that span. Uh, that Carolina got a point tonight. Probably fortunate. Uh, their game was incredibly, let's just say generous, charitable. 31 giveaways 
according to the stat sheet tonight. 31 giveaways, five of them by Martin Natchez, three of them by Vincent Trocek. It was a sloppy performance, to say the least. Carolina had plenty of scoring chances, tons of scoring chances, uh, but they, uh, as Rod Brindamore said in the postgame, uh, giving one to get one is not the way to win in this league. Martin Natchez was not happy about the game. Uh, way too many loose plays for Carolina. They played with a lot of energy. There was a lot of enthusiasm among the bad plays, but uh, the uh, the Hurricanes just could only muster the one first-period goal. God, had so many other chances to score. Steven Lorenz had a o- wide-open goal that he looked like he got off the heel of his stick uh, and kind of pushed it wide, not wide across the goal, wide uh, left of the goal from the left face-off circle or from inside of it. I mean, it was a, should have been a goal. Probably, uh, you know, eight, nine times out of ten, that's a goal, but uh, couldn't get the good part of the stick on it. Uh, so there was that. There was the Jordan Stahl pass to Nino Niederreiter in front of the goal. Uh, something like this. Jordan Stahl with a puck for Carolina. The Blackhawks in. Sends it out in front. Niederreiter is robbed. Blind by Delia. Oh, how did he get the pad to that? Niederreiter was looking to match his jersey number. 21st goal denied. I mean, I guess he got the pad to it, but it looked it looked to me and sounded to me like Nino got the post. Uh, Mike Maniscalco makes a lot of interesting noises, though, but you love the way he says Peter Morazic. Uh, Morazic was a great player tonight. Gosh, he was so good tonight. Uh, it's a shame they didn't get the win uh, for a lot of reasons, but it would have been nice to give Morazic a win considering how well he played. I mean, the truth is that Chicago had so many good scoring opportunities. Uh, you heard a couple of them there. He, had, he stopped Debrinkit early. He stopped Kane right at the end of the second period. Uh, man, Dominic Kubelik who had the assist on the DeBrinket game-winning goal in overtime, Kubelik probably had four great scoring chances that uh, Peter turned aside. Uh, so we'll talk about it. Alec Campbell will join us in just a few minutes. It's the Canes Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Online, aluminumcompany.com. You can go there for free. No obligation estimate first period uh was you know as it turns out carolina other than allowing ridiculous numbers of scoring chances first period might have ended up being their best period to be perfectly honest and it wasn't a great period look carolina didn't play well tonight uh they played hard they played enthusiastically they played uh i guess with a certain level of emotion but they didn't play well and uh that's gonna happen but uh, you would have liked to have waited until everything was wrapped up. And we'll talk about uh, where the standings are right now in a minute. Uh, but it would have been uh, would have been a whole lot nicer on all of us had they simply played better. Uh, maybe even just gotten away with uh, playing not so well uh, in a win. Although, sometimes you need that little kick in the pants, as Rod Brindamore alluded to. Uh, that was forget who asked the question. It was asked back to back times, uh, basically the same question twice. But that's all right. Look, uh, Hurricanes didn't didn't play well. Really got what they deserved. Actually, you could argue that they didn't get what they deserved. They got more than they deserved. Uh, but first period, Carolina bunch of scoring chances at five on five, uh, and of course the only goal was the Natchez shorty 
and Duncan Keith didn't play after it. Now Duncan Keith runs into the linesman, gets kicked in the face, and that's going to be a breakaway for Natchez, and Adili scores! Short-handed! His first short-handed goal came the other night on an empty netter. This time he does it the traditional way, and the Hurricanes go up 1-0. Yeah, rough, uh, rough play there for Duncan Keith, who kind of stumbled and went down to the ice, and then on the way down took a knee to the face from the linesman. He did not return in the game. So uh, the shorty from Natchez, his 15th of the season, not shorthanded, second shorthanded goal of the season. Uh, that was that. Second period was, Carolina has been so great in the second period, but it was just an absolute mess. I mean, they were just giving the puck away left and right, allowing incredible scoring chances. Uh, the Blackhawks had seven high-danger chances in the second period to just two for Carolina. Carolina allowing 16 scoring chances in the second period alone, more than they allowed in the other two periods combined. But they got away with it because Peter Mrazek was just that good tonight. Uh, I thought the third, if anything, was Carolina's best period defensively they didn't allow a ton, um, and honestly, they they had to make some really good plays to avoid giving up scoring chances. Jacob Slavin at one point uh, just just kept getting his stick in the way, uh, and then he went down to the ice to really uh, to block a centering pass, not a shot. He just went down to block a pass, and uh, really, it was right before the goal too. Uh, and then the puck exited the zone, and then the puck came back in the zone, and Slavin tried to wind it around, and um, it ended up on the stick of Pugh Suter right by the uh, by the wall, uh, and then he threw it in front. And I will just say this: Carolina was better in the third period defensively, did not allow as much, but on that play, if you go back and watch it, Warren Fogle has, I mean, I don't know what he was thinking. It was not, hey, I got a guy in front of the net. Maybe I should uh, pay a little bit more attention to him. It's the classic Rod Brindamoreism. He was there, but he wasn't there. So Fogel was in position to make a defensive play on Riley Stillman, and he just kind of, I don't know, checking his watch, thinking about a uh, late-night snack. Uh, so that was kind of disappointing. Uh, but it comes back to uh, Carolina just didn't play well, and it's probably unfair to just single out one player. I'm not sure anybody played really well. Then they got to the overtime, and the overtime, they forgot how to play in the overtime again. Let's We keep giving the rules for overtime. The over, overtime rules, three on three, is about possession. It's about getting possession, keeping possession, and not shooting the puck until you have the golden opportunity. That's that's when you should shoot the puck. When your chances of scoring are, oh, higher than 15%. Dougie Hamilton took a shot right away. Like, no, Dougie, that's not a good shot. That's not a good idea. Uh, this is not five on five. This is three on three. Uh, different kind of game. Um, they just needed to skate it around a little bit, uh, which they did for short periods of time. Uh, they even utilized the pass back to the goaltender at one point. And then Vincent Trocek, who didn't have a great game tonight at all, 
Uh, Trocek tried to duck in, and I forget who he tried to duck in on, but he gave the puck away. You're skating along the wall. You don't have much room. Just stop. Take it back outside the blue line if you have to. I mean, you were the only person in the zone anyway. Uh, and then just reset and keep possession. But Trocek tried to duck in, lost control of the puck. It goes the other way. Dominic Kubalik lays it off for Alex Dabrinkit. And then Trocek was, got back on defense. Uh, but Trocek just kept backing away, backing away on Alex Dabrinkit. I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but he certainly allowed Dabrinkit room. And then Dabrinkit uh, just whipped it off the uh, the inside of the left post to beat Morazic for the game winner. Um, but, uh, by the way, very noticeable in this game was Nikita Zadarov. Eight hits. And I know there are people out there who are mad, but he was headhunting. I'm like, um, he's a, he's an across-the-line player. There's no question about that. Uh, but Nikita Zadarov, I think, was an effective player tonight. Uh, and he didn't do anything dirty. I didn't think he did anything dirty. Um, so he's a physical, you know, imposing presence, but I didn't see anything, uh, otherwise stupid. Like we see sometimes with number 43 for Washington. So that's just who he is. Uh, but I didn't, again, I didn't see anything dirty tonight. So, uh, we don't have to complain about it. Uh, but I, there is a silver lining to the hurricanes loss tonight. And here's my thinking on this. I think it's really important to not lose your edge. And what Carolina is going to do after, have to do, after Tampa crushes Dallas tomorrow, what Carolina is going to have to do is run through the tape. These two games in Nashville are going to matter. Carolina's going to go to Nashville with a magic number of two. Tampa's heading to Florida. And like I said in the preview, expect your opponent to make the putt. And the Hurricanes need to expect that Tampa will win those two games. you got to come up with two points in Nashville. It's all that simple. That, to me, is the silver lining. You're not going to lose your edge because the games you're playing matter. Uh, And remember, the President's Trophy... Not that big a deal. I mean, it's a deal, but that's not that big a deal. I'll tell you what is winning the division. Winning the division is a big deal. So uh, the Hurricanes magic number is two. We will take a short break. We'll come back with Alec Campbell on the other side. Uh, A reminder, you can follow the Canes Corner podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating. Give us a review. I'm not telling you what to give us. Do what you think is right. It's all I can ask. Honesty is the best policy, my uh, parents always said. And a uh, a reminder, um, we're here after every Hurricanes game is the Canes Corner Podcast. How about that? Alec Campbell, next. My man Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath, Chief Bottle Washer. Uh, and he joins us. He also does intermissions and other things as well. Filled in for me today. Apparently, you uh, you got everybody riled up today. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, I guess. I don't, I mean, I don't know. People, people mad at me about, you know, Aaron Rodgers and well, fighting and 
all kinds of stuff. So whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, I don't it, care. Like, I don't even feel like fighting with you. Like if that's the way you feel about it, I, whatever. <laughs> cool. I said my piece. I have my opinion. You have yours. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> at the end of this, since there's not a ton to talk about in this game, at the end of this, we'll go over the uh, the the ridiculousness from the Rangers Capitals game last night. Um, Thirteen yeah. straight with a point. Now that ties a franchise record. I thought the franchise record was twelve, <laughs> but my math was wrong on a couple of things today. So uh, I'm not going to qu- quibble over that. Um, they're lucky to get a point. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, they're real lucky to get a point. I mean, Peter Morazic was awesome tonight. Without him, they probably don't even get one. Um, this was shaping up to be another game where Carolina really wasn't at their best, but they pick up a you know a fortunate goal on Marty Natchez's shorty and end up winning the game. But it kind of turned out the way that it looked like it was going to turn out for a lot of the game because Chicago had so many good opportunities. In yeah. fact, it it reminded me a lot of last year's team where it was like, give one up to get one all night long. And that's what it was tonight. And, you know, Rod was awesome in the post game. Yes, he was. Very short, (laughs) very short Rod. That first answer he gave was one word. Yep. Was one word. And that's because it wasn't really a question. It was, uh, I'm assuming you're, you know, I'm assuming you're not very happy. And he was like, yep. Yep. So, but that's a, that's about as, that's about as perturbed as I've seen Rod yep. this year. Because the one thing he can't deal with is um, indifference defensively mm-hmm. and with the puck. And that's what we got tonight. We got a team tonight that was giving up way too many chances. I, I, look, I never know what's a giveaway, what's a takeaway, uh, what's a high-danger chance. Carolina was credited tonight. With 31 giveaways. Yeah. 31. Yeah. But it was that it was that kind of night. Natchez had five of them. Trocek had three of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in retrospect, in terms of the way they played offensively, the first period was their best period. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second period was a disaster that they didn't give up a goal uh, during, which is really amazing. They tried. They tried to give up a goal. Uh, the mm-hmm. third period, I thought they were stingier, but ultimately the uh, the tip in by Riley Stillman, uh, even the score, and then you did stupid things in overtime, and you deserve to lose when you do stupid things in overtime. I hate giving the rules out all the time, but overtime's about possession. What was Vincent Trocek trying to do? Yeah, they, they were trying to do too much. Yeah. And you, you're better off. You're better off just waiting. Yeah. Then forcing something. Stop. That's time and time again been the answer. Stop inside the blue line. Just stop. Mm-hmm. Let the let your let your mates catch up to you, uh, or yes. stop and turn around and just skate it around until something presents itself. Uh, but that led to the uh, the game winning goal. Um, all right. So uh, I'll ask you because you were going to ask me anyway. Peter Morazic was that good tonight. I mean, he really was that good. Um, now your thoughts on goaltending. Oh, I mean, I still <laughs> would be, I still would advocate for for Ned to get the first start in the playoffs, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that it's going to be Peter Morazic. I think that we're going to see 
Ned on Saturday. I think we're going to see Peter on Monday. And then you've got a break in between the beginning of the or the end of the regular mm-hmm. season, the beginning of the of the playoffs. And, you know, that that could be like five days. I mean, at least trip trip was saying that, you know, he doesn't think it's going to start until the 15th Saturday, which yeah. is the set, which is the Saturday following, you know, the, the end of the regular season. Right. And it doesn't so, have I mean, to be Carolina on that Saturday. Carolina might not start till Sunday. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I think there's a, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the, there's, there's a really good chance, especially tonight, the way Peter played, you know, we'll see how he plays in the, the final game of the regular season, but I'm not even sure that will matter. Um, as long as he is not horrific, right? You know, I, 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 you know, I think Rod will still say, "All right, this is the guy that's got the playoff experience." I, you know, by by Trip's logic, that he favors the incumbent, and I, <laughs> I think that's probably true, right? That he'll he'll give it to Morazic, and we'll probably see Ned at some point, but. I think Ned's going to start in the playoffs, so that's how I kind of see it playing out. Yeah, I mean, they he Rod may use two goaltenders. I mean, he he just might. And now, two years ago, he was not going to. That was going to be the Morazic show until the injury yeah. against the Islanders, and then Curtis McElhinney took over, and then we ultimately saw Morazic back uh, in the Boston series. But that's that Rod had. Decided he was going to use one guy, um, I. But I do think he's going to use two unless one guy doesn't allow any goals, and then then he'll just use one. Because I think that's uh, he's smart that way. If the goalie doesn't mm-hmm. allow goals, he'll allow the goalie to keep playing, which is probably right. wise. Uh, very unlike Mets managers, if your <laughs> starting pitcher doesn't allow goals or runs, I'm not going to take him out. Ever, all right. So, yeah. I'm sorry. Did I did I slip into a different thing there? I apologize. No, that's okay. Hey, big four one okay. win for the Mets tonight. They've uh, they've taken two of three from the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm very excited about that. I didn't see what happened with the Cubs, but they swept uh, they swept the Dodgers. They did uh, yesterday. They even beat Clayton Kershaw on the second uh, game of a doubleheader. Scored a bunch of impressive. runs, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. Look at them. They got a well, and they got a walk off from Rizzo. Uh, last night, not a homer, but a hit. Oh, any uh, so the pitcher had to walk off, right? Yeah. By the way, did you see Tony Larusa didn't know the rules? I'm shocked. <laughs> I am shocked that Tony Larusa to didn't uh, know the rules. Didn't know the rules to the extra, the new extra inning, the new extra inning uh, policy where the where the runner starts on second base. Shocked that uh, basically what happened was. You know, with a, with a runner starting on second base in uh, extra innings, the runner, the the guy who had the last out in your lineup, has to be your runner, unless it's a pitcher. Right. You can sub out a pitcher, and he had double switched for a pitcher that ended up being the guy in the spot, uh, and. He didn't know that he could take his pitcher out, essentially, and switch him out for a runner. It was awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Good for good for Tony Larusa. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we've uh, we've discussed. I mean, 
there's there's nothing really to be mad about. They didn't play a good game. They ended up getting a point. Uh, but can I give you a silver lining from tonight? And we can talk sure. about this before we talk a little yeah. bit about what happened in New York. Do, do, is it is it the is it the it's good to lose a game? No silver lining. No, no. I I, I mean I understand that. I think uh, right. most coaches would rather not lose the game to make the point. I trust the coaches are good enough to make that point without also suffering the loss. Did you um, just say understand? Did, <laughs> did I? I think I caught like a real New Yorky understand from you. <laughs> like no R. There was no R. Could have been. Could have been. I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, that's what you said. I think so. Uh, that was great. I'll have to right, find continue. it. I'll have to find it and uh, maybe I'll put it in the open. Um, <laughs> uh, but here is my silver lining as I uh, accentuate the R's for the rest of the podcast. I am a fan of not losing your edge and getting just the one point tonight means that Carolina basically has to win a game in Nashville. As I, I don't know if you read the preview tonight, but I, my golf analogy was always assume your opponent is going to make the putt. Mm, yes. And if you're the Hurricanes, assume Tampa's going to win them all. Tomorrow night against Dallas, put that in the books right now. That's going to get ugly and messy. And then they go to Florida for the last two. I'm not saying Florida can't beat Tampa because Florida can and has this year. I think Florida's done very well against the Lightning. But if I were Carolina, I would just assume the Lightning are going to win both of those games. Maybe they'll be overtime games, but the Lightning are going to win both of them. Which means if you're the Hurricanes, you got to play well in Nashville. That's my silver lining. Your thoughts on that? Well, first and foremost, I appreciate you putting it in terms that I understand. And I read your preview today. <laughs> and I loved I loved the match play analogy at the top of it. Thank you. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's an appropriate mentality to take. I think it's easier it's harder to execute than we think and I, I you know i i think that tonight does provide them with a bit of a reset where you know rod can show them the tape and say hey look what you did you didn't you didn't play well here you can't let off the gas here um and so i i always think that those are those like i understand that mentality of you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to reach too far for the for the silver lining of tonight, but I do think it provides you with an opportunity to to kind of regroup and reset and understand that you're not you know infallible. So, yes, I agree with that. They should they should not they should assume that Tampa is going to win. I I think they will win as well, and I think Carolina should win both games against Nashville. So. We'll see. We'll see, but it, but I agree. Haven't lost against Nashville this year. 6-0-0 oh, oh against the Predators. So, 
Yeah, that's uh, that's good. But this Nashville team um, is whole now. They're all back. Um, Forsberg's back in the lineup. Uh, Brad Richardson is back in the lineup. I guess they he came over from, uh, I think it was Arizona, either last year or the year before. Um, but they're all back. It's, it is a 100% healthy team with somebody who just might win the Vezina in UC Soros in net. So I don't think that it's a team that will be easy to beat at all. Um, and I think that they're probably an angry team having never not beaten Carolina at all this year. So uh, I just think it's going to be, regardless of who you play, we're in the playoffs. Anybody can lose to anybody. I think Carolina understands that. Um, and I don't think it'll, I, I hope people don't assume it's going to be easy because I don't think it will be. Uh, if it is, man, then they're going to win the damn Stanley Cup. <laughs> because if they're going to make right. that look easy, then they're just going to win the Cup, and that's that. Um, but it's just important that they play well. I don't care about the President's Trophy. I really don't. I mean, I know that you get something uh, for having the best overall record, uh, although it could be a little bit uh, bittersweet, I think, because uh, I still think that whoever comes out of the East is going to be a team you don't want to play. Whoever emerges from that division, I would rather play Toronto than whoever comes out of the East. And at any day of the week, I'd rather play Toronto than the team that emerges from the East. And I think the East champ will probably have uh, the fourth most points. I think Toronto will be third. Uh, with, with, that, with that said, I just like uh, keeping your edge for as long as you can keep it. Uh, for it's the last game of the season of a 56-game schedule, and you clinch before then, uh, whether Carolina gets the two points on Saturday night against Nashville or uh, Florida helps them out by taking two points from Tampa, then, you know, so be it. But I'd rather keep your edge uh, for as long as you can. All right, let's, uh, let's just address the... Um, on Tuesday night, we addressed... What happened with Tom Wilson? Yeah. So tonight, let's address what happened Wednesday night at Madison Square Garden, which were I I used to go to the Golden Gloves at MSG, yeah. uh, amateur yeah. boxing. Man, it was a fun night, fun night of amateur boxing. Uh, right. But I never saw all the bouts at the same time. They always had here's one bout, and then when this bout's over, here's the next bout. And then the next one. Essentially, Rangers Caps gave us six fights in the span of four minutes. That had to be exciting. Man, there were 100 penalty minutes in the first period alone. <laughs> I mean, New York took 85 power uh, penalty minutes throughout the entire game. Washington was assessed 56 power play minutes. Washington ended up with seven power plays. On which they scored two goals, by the way. <laughs> and I mean, I—I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch the game. I didn't either. Um, I saw the highlights, though. I—I I, I mean, I was sort of following what was happening, and I knew it was going to happen. So I wasn't—I I didn't really feel like I needed to watch the game necessarily. But I mean, 
listen, it it was it was a circus. It was a clown show. And I talked a lot about it today on the show. And my question really is, and I put a poll out about it, did New York solve the problem? And I don't think they did. No. So I'm, you know, I'm not sure anything got solved, just as I never think anything gets solved that way. Uh, but I do think that I, I think you could construe this as a minor flex by the NHL. Like, I think the NHL knows exactly what they're doing. I think they knew exactly what they were doing by not penalizing Tom Wilson more than they did. And I think they knew that last night was going to happen. And I think they were okay with it. Because I think a lot of people ended up watching a game against a Rangers team who has been eliminated from playoff contention that they probably wouldn't otherwise watch. So, you know, it was a clown show. I, 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 you know, I think in a lot of ways it was embarrassing for the league, but I'm not sure the league views it that way. So I don't, I don't really know what else to say other than I think that the league has to take a better stand about player safety. If they're really like, they need to decide what they're in for if they're in for player safety or if they're not. And I think it's pretty clear right now. They're not really here for it as much as they say they are. Um, otherwise, you know, they wouldn't advocate for these types of things. And I do think it was interesting that all the people who were appalled over what Tom Wilson did were also okay with what happened last night. Right. As if people can't get really hurt in a fight, which is the entire intent of a fight to (laughs) maim, to harm, to injure. Right. Right. That's what fighting is. And honestly, the only way a fight has any real consequence is if the, you know, is if the, the real bad thing happens, but Ovechkin on Svechnikov, but nobody really wants the real bad thing to happen or at least they don't say they do. So what that then tells me is that you're not really in for fighting. You're in for the facade of fighting. And, you know, that's that's kind of my overall take on it. And again, I don't buy into any of the justifications for it. You know, I don't think it fires up the boys. It didn't fire it up the Rangers. They lost 6-3. Yeah, like, I don't think it polices the game because... Adam, we keep coming back to these issues. Right. It doesn't so police the game. So the game ain't been policed. Right. I mean, they've been policing the game this way forever, and the same things still happen. Right. Here's the thing. So no no one's deterred from anything, but last night was, was insane and ridiculous. It was on all the highlights, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. I th- your, your point about the NHL is correct. Uh, the NHL can't quit this because right. this – puts them on TV, gets them mm-hmm. on Sports right. Center. Nobody there yep. might not have been Rangers Capitals highlights on Sports Center were it not for this. Um I also but I do think that this has zero to do with player safety. 
And it's not that they don't like player safety because if they liked player safety, then they wouldn't allow players to continue go. Like if, if player safety really was a concern, which is, it's kind of bad that that we have this, um, this department of player safety in the NHL, because if Mm. that was really a concern, they would simply ban fighting. Right. They would just say, Hey, if you fight, you're suspended for a game. You'll right. just miss the next game. Fix. Right. It's a really easy right. fix. But it's so you know they're not about yeah. player safety at all. Right, right. Exactly. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. They didn't take action because they know that or they think that this is what the fans want. This is what the hockey people want. Right. And so last night was a flex by the league because they knew that people were going to tune into a game that they normally wouldn't tune into with a team that's not even going to make the playoffs playing in it. Uh, so, you know, they know exactly what they're doing. It's, it's, it's shameful and it's sad. And, you know, as I pointed out many other times too, is that, you know, if that kind of stuff had any real impact on anything, then we would see it in all of the other team sports too. <laughs> Because those things are important in team sports, too, and and everything else. So if they were that important, then why wouldn't they also apply to other team sports? And they don't. And for whatever reason, we can't get past the fact that it's, you know, we can't get past that. Like, like when things happen in other sports, when, when a fracas happens in a basketball game, we're, oh, my goodness or right. in a football game, or whatever, and it's like this huge, appalling thing. But when it happens in hockey, it's normal. No, it's it's uh, people get excited. Uh, yeah. I, I do I do want to push back, though. Are you yeah. sure that nothing was solved when six players, one second in, all just dropped gloves and started punching each other? Oh. <laughs> Are you sure yeah. that nothing was solved Especially- there? Well, especially considering that the people that were involved in that, Phil DiGiuseppe was involved in that. Go, Phil. At the beginning of the game. Yes. So, like, again, that's the other thing, too, is, like, and I understand that there are, there are you know, certain people. Like, they were talking about calling people up from the taxi squad yep. to fight. Absolutely. Like, that was that was a thought process. Yep. So, you know, if that's the case then you're really not accomplishing anything because these are the people you're throwing out there to do it for with. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah. Here, here's so with, with, without getting too deep into this, the NHL is, they clearly invite this. They clearly yeah. want, they like it. Uh, they do think it sells at some level, and I'm not even going to argue one way or the other. They're no. probably right. It does sell. Yeah. But he, here is the risk. And I, I said this uh, in the piece I did for, uh, for the Joes. Um, basically, because the league wants the players to discipline themselves, which, of course, is mm-hmm. stupid. Uh, mm-hmm. This is like throwing at batters in baseball. It's exactly the same. It's stupid. The same thing. It's stupid and it's dangerous because the league wants the players to do this themselves. And it the, doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. 
It continues to happen. No, Tom Wilson isn't stopping doing this. Um, but because of this, the league is opening itself up for the victim of one of these instances mm-hmm. to be yep. a player they don't want to lose. Right. So well, I, I don't want that to happen, but that's what needs to happen before the league will shut it down. Yeah, that well, and you know, it might not even, I mean, I, I'll just say, yes, that would be the, the worst, worst case scenario is if a star player, like had, had Artemi Panarin, been you know had his, head, had his head hit the ice yeah i mean had had he been maimed beyond repair that would have been bad but i would i would argue that if something really bad happens to anyone that's going to be a problem and that's ultimately the problem with all of these with with these things and also throwing at people in baseball is that we are the country that waits for the bad thing to happen first and yes, then we're all like, and then we all jump on board with, you know, we all take the convenient, you know, oh my goodness, I couldn't, I can't believe they allowed this for so long, you know, blah, blah, blah. They should have nipped this in the butt a long time ago, you know, and instead it doesn't have to be that way. You know, they could do exactly what you said they, they could do. They could just start taking people off the ice. Listen, you fight, you're off the ice, you know? And cause the thing is, Tom Wilson doesn't do what he did. You know, these scrums after plays don't happen if it's not a normalized, ingrained part of the game. I mean, he doesn't do that. He doesn't he doesn't whack somebody after the whistle. Right. You know, like it doesn't happen anywhere else. When the whistle blows, people stop playing for the most part. Now, you're not going to get rid of all of it because sports are emotional and competition is emotional. And so when you have like visceral reactions to these things, every once in a while, guys are going to fight. They're going to, you know, push and shove. It's, 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 it's human nature. But what we're talking about here is not visceral emotion. What we're talking about is adherence to an antiquated code. That's the only reason these things happen. They don't happen for any reason other than this is what you're supposed to do because hockey code says you're supposed to do it. Right. If and that's the, it. If the NHL had simply suspended Wilson for a game, mm-hmm. we don't see what we saw Wednesday night. One game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Take I it off the I mean, ice. I tend to believe that somebody would have fought somebody anyway. And I do think it was funny that Wilson got left the game with an upper body injury. Ah, he wasn't. Uh, no, no, they took him out to protect him. Yeah. And, you know, I guess applause for that because you're also admitting what these things can do to people yeah. by doing that. Um, but, you know, Wilson is a great player. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that we have to also acknowledge. He is a great player. And he just happens to not be able to find the balance between being, you know, an aggressive, you know, pest irritant, as you and I have talked about with different guys in the past, Mm -hmm. and being a dirty player. And 
you know, at some point he needs to be punished in a way that will deter him from doing that. Um, because you know, the, the, you know, you, you can't like, like we ask players, you know, we talk about the game slowing down for players all the time so that they can be good at the game, you know? And I don't know why that doesn't apply for people learning to not be, you know, do dirty things in games in terms of the way they play. Like you should be able to discern whether or not, you know, you're about to board somebody from five feet away from the glass (laughs) with their numbers facing you. I mean, I'm sorry. I know the game's fast, all that kind of stuff, but you know, we ask them to slow the game down to become better. We should ask them to slow the game down to, you know, treat others with respect and dignity. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, sir. I'll, uh, we'll do this again on Saturday. All right, man. Sounds good. Later. All right. No big deal. Kane's got a point out of it. 13 games in a row with a point nine oh and four. You were never going to win all of them. Uh, maybe this will reset them. I don't think you need a loss to reset. Uh, you should be able to look at the tape and go, oh, man, we got away with that, didn't we? Uh, and understand that that's not going to last. Remember, this was just the Blackhawks. It ain't the Lightning or the Panthers. Play that way against the Lightning or the Panthers, you're going to get beat 8-1. They know that, though. Until Saturday night, I am Adam Gold. Kane's Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Bay window, bow window, any window, entry door, storm door, gutter helmet, siding, roofing, you name it. Aluminum Company of North Carolina has it. If it's for the exterior of your home, it's at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Online, free no obligation estimate, aluminumcompany.com. Blackhawks 2, Carolina 1, in overtime. Canes get a point, magic number is 2. We will see you Saturday night after the Canes and the Predators from Nashville. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.